Mateo, CEO at Doosra, took it through insolvency in 2015, where they grew it to about four million bucks that year in sales. But they had put about three million bucks down the drain. They had John White parachute in from a bank to lead a CEO as they start now transitioning from kind of a one-time managed services business to a SaaS model. They raised uh, some money, 2.3 million pounds in their Series A. 2016 did about two million bucks in revenue. They've already hit two million here in 2017, on target for four million by the end of this year. Currently raising a $6.5 million uh, round of funding for their Series B. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Mateo Munoz. He is the COO and Managing Director of the Americas for Doosra, or Doosra Group. Uh, Mateo has been a crucial part of the management team that helped the company turn around from group insolvency to his second Series A, and that is leading it from a service-first base model to a SaaS-based first one. Tough transition. We'll jump in today. Mateo, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, let's do it. All right, what's, before we talk about the transition, because this is a tough one, and we're going to learn a lot here, what's the company do? So, do you want before where we were at or where we're moving into give, a SaaS? Give me, but when did you launch? What okay, did you do before? So we, launched, we launched in 2012. We were an event technology company. So, we'd actually come on site with a full with a full service suite. So, we'd bring in a server uh, that hosted our application. On-prem? On-prem, hook up wireless, wireless access points to it, and we have a fleet of iPads. And we would go ahead and work with event companies, a lot of financial services companies, a lot of uh, medical pharmaceutical companies to help uh, help their interaction and their meetings and really gain a lot of bit of knowledge. So delivering content on a single site. What ended up happening was we saw, I guess we saw where the, the market was going. So we started creating the solutions on, on the cloud to where we could go ahead uh, and develop uh, our, our platform there and host different stuff, but we were still doing it all with um, with with internal people. So we were building out those applications with project managers, account managers. Um, and then we started realizing the SaaS was there. What happened is we got a little bit of the model wrong and had some mismanagement in the old uh, the old C-suite that's no longer here. Uh, so we burnt through all the capital. How much? Uh, so, um, I want to say probably around three, three mil. Over what period of time? 2012 to what? There. Till 2015. Okay, so 2012 uh, to 2015, three million down the bank, business model didn't work, then what? And, and then so basically at that point, we got our current CEO, John White, parachuted in by uh, by a bank. So we had we had equity equity partners, and then we also had a little bit of uh, of loan for equity also. Was this so, like Silicon Valley Bank or Square One, like venture debt, or was it more like a traditional bank? 
traditional bank got a it bit. so venture traditional so um so yeah so at that point in time he got parachuted in they basically did a rundown and said hey is this going to be a concept that would potentially work and do we want to go ahead and roll into a new company so they believed in it our current investors did so we rolled over uh went through the insolvency process in the uk worked out the debts here in the united states fortunately i didn't have to do all that but i did uh, i did get a good practice in negotiation and dealing with our irs that i i never thought i would have to um, so I actually had to go ahead and negotiate. Uh, we had quite a bit of, of back taxes. Uh, the UK, the former business, I guess, the former former business suite there, like I said, those executives, they set up our business here in the United States. So okay. there was actually no director on this side of the pond. So wait, no where are paying, you right now? I'm in Salt Lake. Currently. But wait, what do you mean but UK? The business. So our, our business is um, is owned. The group is owned out of the UK. So it's actually a limited that owns our that owns our business here in the United States. So we're wholly owned by the UK business as well. But we function as as a in ink here in the US, obviously. So, can, we can so this isn't a like was it acquired at some point between 2012 and 2015 or 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 was it built inside of another company from the beginning? No, basically, we were founded as a, as a limited over on that that side of the water. Um, and we were opened up here as an ink on this side under that original management group. And and essentially what happened is through that that cash burn and everything and us having to go through insolvency we basically were able to with the hmrc over there uh go through the equivalency of chapter 11 and roll into our new group where we currently sit were you able to pull forward a bunch of like like losses um yeah so so we were we were able to do that uh to pull forward quite a bit of the losses it's a beautiful um, thing by the way i know people people shit on the strategy i think it's great yeah so, i wish i had a little uh, bit of loss you know that'd be a good thing a little loss every now and then is camp is a good thing it, it is it, we, we always say it was a curse and a blessing right because we were able to we were able to knock out a lot of debt that we had that that was built up that that shouldn't have been there uh, obviously had to roll some of that forward within the negotiations uh as well but it was very manageable and so when we went out for our series a uh, we were able to go ahead and platform knowing that we had had that insolvency in the background but people knowing that we had a solid business strategy behind us and where we were looking to go with this SaaS product. So there was revenue on the books. How much? Like, give me a sense of space. scale. So we did take a hit going through that insolvency. Yeah. So as you can imagine, we had we had to shed uh, had to shed uh, employees. They took away. They you know they chipped at us. There was certain things that were said, but we've been able to gain. It. So at that height, I would say we were probably doing about four million as just a full service event technology. Coming out of that first year, so in 2016, last year we did just just over two million pounds worth of business last year coming yep. out of it. That's great. So just to be clear, four million as the event business in 2015 was kind of the high point. You then went through insolvency lost employees scale down make sense restructure the cap table get rid yeah. of some debts 2016 you're a much healthier place but your revenue is about half so you're just starting to scale this right right but with a much smaller team so exactly so we're just starting to scale what's your now. team size now so right now we're about 30 where we're at at the height we we're probably about 80 <laughs> okay and how much would you raise in your series a uh series a 2.3 billion pounds okay Okay, got it. And what is the, why are you doing, uh, you keep using the word pounds. Do you have, is any of the team over there or it's just the holding yeah, LLC? Yeah, so we're, we're diverse. So we have, we sit with about 12 here in the United States and then we, we have about 20 on the European side. So some of that being 
some of that being in the UK, some of it being in our, uh, we have a Germany office also, we have presence in Norway uh, and in Dubai. So uh, we've, we've gone to a pretty, uh, a pretty mobile group. So not only do we yeah. have our Salt Lake City office, we have a Raleigh, North Carolina office where we have some sales, but then we have remote workers throughout uh, the United States as necessary. So we've really gone to that, that we don't need to all be in an office at one point in time mentality. We can connect like we're connecting today via Skype and, and have a very effective business meeting still. Now the old C-suite's out, fired, right? Yes. How'd you survive? Why weren't you fired like a dog and, and, and let go? <laughs> so I was the VP of sales and marketing at that point in time, and we were scaling pretty well here in the United States. I had actually had my own marketing and advertising company, albeit small, uh, going into the, the first or into the financial crash there in 2008. So I'd have been through a little bit of, of restructuring and scaling issues before. So my CEO came in, noticed that we had a really big, uh, or he had a lot to concentrate on in the UK and said, hey, Mateo, do you think this is something that you want to take on? Are you kind of ready to go to battle? And I said, let's do it. Um, took over the MD role here in the United States, was the first president as an actual director, having a director on this side of the water. Did you get some business. equity? Uh, I did. I did. And I also I also promoted my main sales guy at that point in time, Mike, who is now our global head of sales, uh, who's just crushing it. So um, he got great. a little bit of equity also. <laughs> That's good. Now that series A that you did, that was just a total like typical venture or did you have like venture debt in there as well? It was actually, it's typical venture, but we actually did it through private wealth. So we're actually out for our series B right now and looking for venture. Uh, so we can get a little bit more, a little more help in private wealth's great because it doesn't touch you. They, they don't want to come in and change a lot, but we do, we are looking for a little bit of, a little bit of the guidance. How much you want to raise? Um, so we're looking right now at doing about 6.5. So about 5 million pounds, 6.5 okay. US is what we're looking to use to, to kind of just accelerate that sales process. Um, we're just releasing the, the, the SaaS product coming out of beta uh, as of September. Have about have about 10, 10 clients signed up for that with a lot of people waiting for it currently. So that's, we, we, that's good. we knew to scale back and not bring too many people onto our beta platform, learning from some of those mistakes that happened before. Now, in 2016, you did about $2 million in revenue. Today, in 2017, how much have you done? And what do you finish you'll think the, you'll finish the year at? So, so as of July, we were about at two already. So we're looking at about 100% okay. growth um, going into going into this year. Yeah. So, so it's pretty, like I said, pretty exciting. Mike and his team are doing a great job. Our our um, our delivery team is great, also. So our onboarding, because we come from that full service suite, our account managers, project managers, are are killers at being able to set it up at the best possible way um, for for our product and helping people and doing training because we've already done a lot of that on a full service capacity. So you're doubling year over year, 2 million to 4 million. You've already done, you know, 2 million this year. So you're on track to hit that 4 million. You're raising 6.5 million. What are you trying to negotiate valuation wise? What are you seeing in the markets these days? Um, so uh, like, I what's your just... dream? What's your dream? Value? Like, what's the most you want to sell? Or like, I don't know, give me any range you want. What? The, I mean, I don't know if I'm really allowed to talk about that at this point in time. I know you like to ask that question. I was trying to pepper it and get my CEOs. So I, I don't know if we can really divulge that at this point in time. Don't uh, talk about it in terms of like real conversations you're having, but like in a series being a stage, like what you're doing, do you try and say, okay, we don't want to sell more than like 20% of the business. Or do you say, you know what? We really want a four X ARR cap. Like, so pre-money 16, or do you say, we don't really care what the valuation is. We just want strategic partners. 
I think it's, you know, the valuation is going to, it's going to be important, right? And it's, it's, I think we're in a negotiating standpoint right now to where we want to make sure our current investors are happy with what we bring on, but they also know our desire to bring in some, uh, a venture group with a little bit more, a little bit more knowledge in the space and help us really excel, accelerate that. And a lot of them have bought into that and say, okay, look at, we know that we've been the money up front here. You guys need to bring on another group that can help with that scaling. So it's kind of a little bit of a back and forth, uh, between the two and, and figuring out what that's going to be. And are you, I mean, are you guys right now cash flow positive or close to close to break even? Yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely are. So we, we sit with a positive PBT currently. Um, What's some of that? that does, so that is uh, profit before taxes. Uh, it's it's a mark it's a mark on the on the UK side a little bit. So I get you know PBT EBIT. Um, I'm constantly trying to do conversions in my head too with with money because of, of stuff being reported back to the board and pounds and other items there. Um, but we are doing that. Um, some of it is I will be candid about it. Some of it is drawback because of investment. We've just spent a ton of money into into the software product, and so some of it is drawback into that. How, how much? Um, so we've sunk probably about roughly about $400,000 into this new product that we're releasing. So it was a complete, it was a complete rebuild off of the old APIs, off the old technology. What we were trying to develop was great, but you know, obviously you being in software, you know, sometimes it gets a little bit house of cardsy. So you're, you're patching, you know, uh, bullet holes with band-aids and, and trying to make something better. And so we finally got to the point and just said, if we're going to do this right, we're going to do it right. And let's go yep. ahead and put the investment in there and make sure we build something that we can scale with our partners that they want to scale with. So what is the average customer on the SaaS product paying you per month? So uh, that's twenty five hundred a month. So the the only the only benchmark we really had that was predictable revenue before was was a license for that uh, for that actual event. And so what we've done is come out of that, that model. So that was typically around five thousand five thousand US. So we would go ahead and sell that, and that would basically cover a two month period. So we took that and then we rolled it up into into the SaaS product and said, let's go twenty five hundred a month for for this initial round where we're bringing it out there, which covers one admin and five users and what i mean by that is we're, we're moving to a little bit different of a model to where we're not just going per user what we do is we sell the license in and that what that does is it allows you to go ahead and build and deliver content so now instead of being that full service technology we're now a content delivery uh, and engagement tool with analytics on the back end so you can package your own applications quickly and easily so um let's just say for for one of your companies there if you wanted to have multiple sales initiatives or you're selling multiple products you could go ahead and white label an application and then build out an app for each product within that or you could build out an app for for your your sales library and then you could build out an internal app for training let's say you have a partners meeting coming up you could go ahead and build out that partner app, uh, application and so we charge for the license we charge for users being able to go in and manipulate the content so be able to go ahead and do the building and everything so else. Mateo, how much are how many people are paying that right now you said 10 we have about 10, 10 paying that with a handful of single event licenses still going on. Yep, got it. So so 10 paying that, you're doing about 25 grand per month. I mean, is that accurate just on the SaaS side? Just on the SaaS side, yeah. yeah. And then we get the licenses and then we still have that full service suite where you can get a meeting coming in that's worth about $40,000. So, yep. um, that, and that's I still, look, if you're gonna do 4 million this year, a lot of how you're funding the SaaS product is from those other services, which is fine. You're moving from kind of one-time sales to recurring predictable revenue. Exactly. Yep, that makes good sense. Um, what's it costing you to acquire these customers? 
So we're probably around uh, 3,500, okay. I would say, per customer. I, I did a little bit of this knowing this question might be coming. Yeah. Um, so, so we're about 35, but that, that's again with the traditional. So we're gonna start seeing those numbers come down here. Um, and we're doing, now that we have a SaaS product, we're doing uh, quite a bit more of SEO, more, uh, SEO and um, optimization and then uh, pay-per-click and trying to drive, drive a little bit more. What'd you spend last month outreach. just on the paid spend stuff? just on the paid spend stuff we spent about a thousand but okay we're but we've been we've been testing so we know we're gonna ramp it's just we wanted to wait until we have come out of beta and have have a product ready to go because we know that people are going to want to demo the product that's how the SaaS world works they want to get in there they want to touch it they want to fill it and make sure it's something that they want to use guys big news last month was a huge month for the company i recently acquired which was www.thetopinbox.com i liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com, click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. That is good. Last, uh, let's wrap up here, Mateo, with the famous five number one. What's your favorite business book? Um, Never Eat Alone by uh, Keith Ferrazzi. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, Fallon Fatemi of Node. I don't know if you've heard of that, that group yet, but she's doing some pretty cool stuff over there and just got financed by Mark Cuban. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? Uh, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you two here. One is Glow Baby because I have a two month old, uh, and it helps us track track different things about her. And then for business, Slack is awesome with that remote team. I'm constantly on it and, and connecting with team. How many uh, hours of sleep do you get every night with a newborn? <laughs> I would say probably three to six. My wife's my wife's a rock star, so typically six, but sometimes there's just those nights. And it's just one kid, or you have more? Just one. It's our first two, so we're learning. We're learning as we go. That's amazing. And how old are you? Uh, I am 35. 35. All right. Last question, Mateo. Take us, take us back 15 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, I would definitely say to listen a little bit more. So I've always been, I've always been a pretty confident guy. Um, but I tried to, and, I, and I'm, a, I'm a, fire, a fire starter and liking to go ahead and be a trailblazer and, and get things moving. But I wish I would have listened a lot more. I've learned that in the, the later age, you can absorb a lot and you don't have to, to always be trying to, to do something in a new way. There's a lot of ways that are successful to do it and potentially recreate. So I would say listen a little bit more and, and learn from the elders and people that have been there before. 
There you guys have it from Mateo, CEO at Duzra. Took it through insolvency in 2015, where they grew it to about four million bucks that year in sales. But they had put about three million bucks down the drain. They had John White parachute in from a bank to lead a CEO as they start now transitioning from kind of a one-time managed services business to a SaaS model. They raised uh, some money, 2.3 uh, million pounds in their Series A. 2016 did about two million bucks in revenue. They've already hit two million here in 2017. On target for four million by the end of this year currently raising a 6.5 million uh, dollar round of funding for their series b mateo thank you for taking us to the top thanks david